Hey friend, are you ready to become the visionary of your business? Are you ready to multiply your money to get to your first 100K or your next 100K and really discover the joys of profit? Are you ready to stabilize your systems to really take advantage of all the opportunities that are coming your way? Are you ready to hire your dream team so you can step into the role of chief visionary and finally stop being the bottleneck of your business? Are you ready to increase your confidence in your decision-making, your sales, and become recognized as a leader in your industry? Are you ready to take the vacation of your dreams, live the life that you want, all while knowing your business is running smoothly in the background? Imagine where you could be in three months, six months, or 12 months if you went all in on your business now. Would you take the leap? Take the leap, friend. Applications are now open for the Product Boss Mastermind. We're looking for serious product-based business owners who are ready to grow into six or seven figure product-based businesses. The mastermind is designed to facilitate a breakthrough year in your business and life through coaching, connections, and true mastermind. This means you never have to make a decision alone again, and you're surrounding yourself with fellow high-level product business owners that get it, and they are taking action. So go to theproductbossmastermind.com to submit your application. Spots are very limited, and let's get started building your dream life. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my fabulous co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So we're excited to bring you a very special guest today. We are joined by Yasmin Parrish, and she is the Chief Action Officer and founder of Muse Makers Management, Inc., a 360 service talent, influencer, and brand management agency. She also oversees all the influencer partnerships for the Honest Company's baby and brand divisions. She has also worked with notable brands like Target, Google, Barefoot Wines, NYX Cosmetics, and many others. We're so excited to have Yasmin on the podcast today. We're going to talk all things influencers, and we're really excited to have you. So welcome to the podcast, Yasmin. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and chat all things influencer marketing with you. Oh, love it. So you are another guest that we met on Clubhouse. I know a lot of our listeners, some of them are on it, some of them are not, and they're learning. Google it if you want to know what it is. But mm-hmm. it's a really great place that we've been able to really make connections and meet people that we wouldn't maybe meet normally, or we would have had to be at an event and in the right room and in the right space to like meet everyone and kind of chat. And so we're so honored to have you on the podcast because I've heard you in rooms, we've been in rooms together, and um, you just are a wealth of knowledge. So thank you for sharing that with our listeners today. No problem. I'm excited. This is one topic that I could talk about forever and ever. So 
I saw it from, you know, really come from the ground up when influencers were called bloggers. And, um, and now it's its own, you know, departments and many companies. And so it's, it's definitely changed uh, the PR game. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your brand. You work with influencers as well as brands. Yeah. So Musemakers really, we are kind of the meeting place for a lot of influencers and brands. So I've worked on both sides of influencer marketing. I've represented talent and worked on their behalf. And I've also represented brands and, you know, been in their best interest as well. And so Musemakers is a place where we represent both. And oftentimes our our clients are doing deals with each other, which really comes in handy. But yeah, I mean, I, I find that, you know, influencer marketing is still relatively new and there are, I mean, aside from the FTC guidelines, there are no rules on who can represent who. So I really love to be able to lend my expertise and really protect my clients, um, you know, and their best interests on both sides of the field. Yeah, I love that. It's somewhat of a mystery because of that, right? Um, that it is newer and it there, it's a little bit of the Wild West. What are you seeing? Where is it now? Is it, do you feel like people know what it is? Is there still like a major education around it? Where are you seeing the most confusion? Is it the brand side or is it the um, influencer side? I think uh, likely the most confusion is probably on the brand side. I mean, I think each and every brand has a different relationship with influencers. I think where we are is kind of in a place where people and consumers specifically they might not have the language for it, but they recognize it. They know when their favorite, you know, influencer person that they follow is doing something that's sponsored, um, is doing something that's an ad. So people recognize it. I think that, you know, um, on the brand and influencer side, you know, working with each other, I think I think we're hitting a point where there's going to be a bubble. So, you know, for the past maybe five to 10 years, brands have been shelling out big bucks to be, you know, talked about and featured by their favorite influencers. But as consumers begin to get more savvy around what's sponsored, what influencers are being paid to say, they're being less resistant and therefore the influencer's value in some ways is going down. And so we're really seeing a resurgence of micro influencers being really where a lot of brands are investing their energy, their time. Um, because they have a more uh, genuine audience that we see, you know, more ROI on those investments. Um, and their audience is a lot more engaged in their content because they don't feel like they're constantly being, you know, uh, sold to. So I think, you know, um, what people are really going to start to respond to is more genuine content. And so brands and influencers are going to have to work better and better at creating content that will still be true to the influencer, even if it's sponsored. And I know like, that's one thing that I'm always looking to do when I work, you know, from the brand side of things and and reaching out to influencers, contracting influencers for various campaigns, you know, I'm I'm saying like, Hey, this is what I want to feature. How can you bring this to life? What idea do you have? What do you think you know, here are the parameters that I need to hit. I need to have a at least the reels or a TikTok or static video. I know I'll need a static post. I know I'll need some IG stories with swipe up. But how can you bring this to life? Sell me on your vision. Like, how can this really resonate with your audience? And I think when brands can give influencers this space to be their most creative selves, 
um, they'll see content that's really way more dynamic than when you say, yeah, and here are all of your five talking points. And I want you to turn your head to the left and then hold the comment <laughs> like that. Those days are long gone. Like that, that content is not going to get the engagement that, you know, you're, you're investing in. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think people just want to see something genuine. People don't want to feel like they're constantly being sold to. And so, uh, you know, I think moving forward, that's what brands and influencers should keep in mind, you know? And when you say micro-influencers, what's the range of followers? Do you, do you mean by that? Yeah, so I would say micro-influencer is probably about 20K on up to, you know, maybe like 60K. Um, that is what I would consider micro. Anything less than that is nano, and, and there's an audience for that as well. Um, especially when you talk about content creation and, and brands being able to buy the rights to their content. I think that's when, you know, nano influencers can really shine and still make money off of their, you know, content. Um, but yeah, that that's what I would consider a micro influencer. Yeah, we've seen that too. Um, a lot of our, we work with some product-based business owners that are, you know, million dollar plus businesses and they've really grown through social. And they've also said the same thing that those micro influencers are the, are the way. A lot of times I think newer businesses want to go for the big ones. You know, they want the hundred thousand plus um, million. I actually had a client just now, Paris Hilton posted her stuff. Mm-hmm. She got 40 new followers. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, it, it, it was crazy because, like, you know, then their reach is so much bigger and it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't uh, equal like an ROI for them. Right. Exactly. So I love that you're sharing that with our listeners. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you, when you talk about macro influencers, you really have to set expectations around why you're partnering with them. Also understanding why their followers follow them and understanding the demographics of their followers. So my guess with, you know, uh, the case that you just kind of mentioned, I would assume that, you know, whatever product she was selling, Paris's, you know, followers just really weren't interested. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You could have all the followers in the world, but if Paris's followers are a bunch of like Middle Eastern men that are like, you know, somewhere, you know, in I don't know, Afghanistan, they're not really caring about whatever, you know, products that she's just posting to share. So right. I think you have to be really smart. I think where macro influencers still do help um, if you have the budget to engage them um, on a paid level. Um, is spreading the word about something, you know, but even then you'll have to think about how it can be done repeated because we mm-hmm. see that just one static post isn't going to do much for anyone. So, you know, you'll have to really kind of build the partnership to be able to, you know, support multiple repeats, if not just from that influencer, but a series of influencers. So, um, you know, you have to be very savvy with ma- macro influencers and, you know, maybe you could have a homie hookup and you could get something for free, you know, just mm-hmm. by the relationship. But otherwise I would say that you'll have to think about how to repeat the messaging in several, you know, posts. Right. Yeah. So are you seeing more of people doing trading, like you said, the homie hookup, giving product, is it more they have a contract that they pay a certain fee for a number of followers? What is, where is it going? Is it more so the number of followers? Is it they get a cut of the, you know, affiliate? How, what is that use? What is that looking like now? Yeah. I mean, it can look a lot of different ways. So um, what I've noticed is that, you know, with affiliate links, 
most macro, like really large scale influencers don't even want to be bothered because they know that they can get the cash up front and not have to be worried about, you know, trying to push some link. Like they don't even want to be bothered. I think, you know, more so nano and micro influencers can really shine, you know, in terms of affiliate programs, Rakuten, those types of programs. Um, but really cash is king. People want to see, especially content creators, because this is how many of them are paying their bills 100%. It's like they want to figure out ways that they can monetize the content that they're creating for brands and keep their lights on. So, you know, when it comes to affiliate programs, I think brands should really use that as a secondary or entry point into working with influencers. So, you know, if you have an affiliate program like Rakuten or something like that, I think, you know, like I said, the nano and the micro influencers are probably going to be more willing to go that way. But the more savvy their content is and the more they really kind of understand their worth, they are definitely going to want to have some type of cash payment, you know, contracted. So let's talk about some best practices. So for our product bosses out there that are like, I want to work with influencers. I'm not really sure who, what, where, what do I do? How do I ask them? Do I pay them? Do I test it? You know, what would you recommend for them? So I think any any of our product bus, bosses, I think that a good practice, and this is, you don't have to invest in any tools. I have all, so many tools at my disposal and I got to tell you, I still scout influencers by hand. I get, you know, I ask my audience who they're loving. And so I would say, you know, a brand should be putting on their Instagram story, who are your favorite influencers starting there? Because then you know, that the people who love your product also love these people. And I bet that their followers would also love you if they knew about you. So that's where I would start. That's totally free. You don't have to invest in like super savvy technology. And so that's where I would start. You know, from there, I think that you should do gifting because then you also want to see what influencers naturally love you, what influencers are naturally your cheerleaders. Because then when you give them money to post content, they're going to do an even better job because this is something they really love. Their followers have likely already seen them post like, oh yeah, I'm wearing this lip from the lip bar or wherever. I'm wearing this mascara from Honest. You know, like they're already loving it. So then when they do something that's more sponsored, more paid, might seem like more of an ad, people are still going to be responsive and they're not going to feel like, oh, well, you're just doing that, you know, for, you know, for the money. For instance, you know, I won't go into the who's and the what's and the why's, but we, I, you know, there's an influencer that we've gifted a lot on the honest side. And, um, you know, we have pictures of her babies in our diapers and we've gifted her a ton. She's a macro influencer. And then the other day, we just saw her partnered with uh, another diaper brand. And so I was like, hey, we, we've gifted her so much. We know she loves our product. But then like when I saw the, the picture, I couldn't even really take it that seriously. I'm like, look, that is the smallest pack of diapers I have ever seen. <laughs> Any mom knows that a baby can go through that size diaper pack like in a day. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. She clearly just did this for the money. And that's, that's how consumers, you know, I like switch in and out of consumer mode to brand manager mode to talent agent mode, like, like seamlessly. It's like, you know, I have three languages going on in my head at once. And so consumers see that same thing. It's like, no, we just saw her in the story. And like, you know, you can spot an honest brand print almost anywhere. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that also talent should be super conscious of that too. I mean, I'm sure she got a huge check from that brand 
And it's like really no shade to her, but like those are the types of things that consumers can really, really pick up on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're really good. I mean, they're question. so much more educated than they ever were before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Consumers are savvy. So here's a question. So when you say gift it, and I a hundred percent agree because same thing I have seen, I have seen clients and students work and gift and there has been no ROI and other ones that they've sent product and there's been tremendous ROI, right? So, so, so by gifting, you both get to kind of test each other out. Plus you say that, you know, if the influencer loves it, they're going to share it. How though, I'm sure a lot of them are thinking, well, how do I send them a gift? Do you recommend that they just go straight to the DM and DM them and say, Hey, I'd love to send you something. I mean, I think it depends on the size of your, you know, how many resources you have. If you, if you're a product boss that already has like a PR team, it's great to do through the PR team. But I would say it's smartest for the brands to have direct relationships themselves, you know, because your PR team can come and go and then they take their contacts with them. Um, so I would say that brands should look to establish like real relationships with influencers, you know, on a consistent basis, um, gifting programs, if it's Valentine's Day, if you're sending florals or someone just, depending on what kind of product you have, if someone just had a baby, your favorite influencer had a baby, great time to send a gift. So yeah, DMs work. I mean, oftentimes influencers have like an email, you know, contact or a booking contact. Those types of contacts can also work, but just be aware that sometimes those people that you're going to be reaching out to are going to be the manager or the, you know, and that can be a lot if you're just looking to give. So DMs do work, um, you know, depending on whether the influencer is already following or not, you know, can affect whether or not they see your DM. So if the DM doesn't work, then I would say the second option would be to then email whatever contact they have listed and associated with their, their profile. I agree. I think, you know, sometimes our product bosses, they get caught up in the, they go for quantity versus quality. And I think what I'm hearing you say that it definitely starts with quality. It's the relationship, right? So can you give some tips on when they first start looking, are there red flags or are there indicators of what would be a good relationship when they get into kind of getting on that person's radar? I mean, I think, you know, I approach everything, maybe not like friendship, maybe that's a little too casual, but I really do look for the win-win on every side of it. And I say like, okay, I know that I'm representing a product that feels like it's in line with your natural interests and what you care about. And so in that way, I am giving you a gift. Yeah. Do I get something from it? I do. But this is something that I feel like you would love whether I gave it to you or you had the opportunity to buy it, right? So um, thinking about it from that way puts you in a place where you're not just like constantly reaching up. You know what I mean? You should always look for the reciprocity in any relationship that you have. And so I would say that to always just kind of look for the win-win. If you know you have an amazing product and then you have it packaged beautifully, anyone, no matter who they are, would love to receive it. So you just have to think about it in that way. And then also don't be afraid to start smaller. Like it's okay to start, you know, with a, you know, nano influencer who's a friend's cousin's sister, like, you know, like starting there and then growing it. And then as you get more savvy, as you get more dynamic content, you know, to have on your page, because please believe, like, as soon as you DM someone and they see it, they're going to your page and they want to see like, 
not only what the product is, but how it's represented, who it's represented by, the kind of content that you're posting. So making your page is pretty and dynamic or whatever your aesthetic is, whatever that is, make it the best of that, you know? And because that's really going to determine how people really operate with you and how they perceive you and if they even want to be involved or they'll just say, oh no, like totally. Some people get so many, so much gifting that they'll like, you know, decline it, politely decline it. Like, oh, you know, my mailbox is cluttered, so cluttered right now. Like, can you check back in? And that really mm-hmm. maybe means like, no, thank you. <laughs> in other <laughs> words, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think it is such a mystery. You've been do, you've given us so many tips. Um, what would you say as far as guidelines? You said that you know it's nice to give them free control, free creative power. Should there be some guidelines as far as deliverables? Do you have those set out, or what does that look like when you're starting that initial kind of official contract of sorts? Yeah, so definitely guidelines. I mean, you'll need to be able to put in a contract and you will need a contract. (laughs) You would be surprised how many people operate without an agreement and that is a no-go. So what you will put in your contract is the list of deliverables, what the timeline of those deliverables are. So if it's one Instagram reel, three stories with, you know, five frames at different times, you want to put like the timeline in there, what the exact deliverables are, um, what the key messaging is. So if, you know, you're working on a lipstick campaign, it's like, no, we want to see you apply. Now, how you apply it, if you're in an airplane, if you're in the bathroom, if you're in the car, I don't care. But I got to see you apply the lipstick. You know, you have to be able to have those not only in the email chain and um, in the contract, but then also putting together a brief. So it's like, you know, for the influencer, because a lot of times they're so creative and just creative people in general, talent in general. It's like if there are minor details that they'll need to consider, you really want to have that in plain view, one sheet, if, if able, if not a very concise brief that they can then reference when they are, you know, working on their um, content. And I think now more than ever, content creators and talent and, and influencers they're creating this, they're like one man and women show. So you want to give them as much information as needed to get your talking points out there in the best way possible. Because oftentimes they're like by themselves or they might just have like their assistant or their manager there to help them. But, you know, people are really, you know, slimming down their team. So, yeah, agreed. Are you, I'm just curious, are you allowed to repost? Do you own that content after, like as a brand? If you, mm-hmm. you know, if that, do you get to use that video? Do influencers like it when you repost and retag them? Or are they like, no, not again? <laughs> yeah, no. So um, generally I would say, you know, um, best practice is to actually repost and support the content. Um, I think, you know, when you're looking to maybe put pay behind it or make that content an ad, then that's when you really have to get into usage rights. And the more savvy the influencer, um, to them that screams dollars, um, because then they know that you're, you're likely going to be putting thousands of dollars behind their content to push out their content. So they want to be compensated, um, for being commercialized in that way. So you'll really have to kind of have that conversation up front or be able to before, you know, promoting their content, you'll need to then have another discussion like, hey, 
This content is really great. It's performed well organically. We love to put some pay behind it. What is the fee for whitelisting? You know, so um, that's definitely a part of the conversation. I think, you know, reposting organically, you know, generally that's part of what you would have in your agreement that, you know, the brand will own the rights to, you know, repost digitally as long as they credit the influencer. But when you go into and you want to make ads out of the content, that's when you really have to think about the cost and the usage rights. What about the flip side? So what about the influencer running ads to the product? Like I've seen influencers with, you know, there's certain like, I don't know, makeup brands and stuff where I'll see an influencer actually have a sponsored post Mm -hmm. because they're getting, right. They have like a discount code or the swipe up and they're getting paid by that. Have you seen anything with that? Like meeting agreements? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So generally, I mean, that's supportive of the brand. So brands generally aren't going to have any issue with that. It'll likely be outlined and it has to be, the brand is the person that's giving or the entity that's giving the influencers those codes. So mm-hmm. it's already probably pre-negotiated whenever you see that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is whitelisting though. Like if you see your favorite influencer and it's like, it comes up kind of like an ad, but then it also is their content that's actually whitelisting. So that's actually the brand having access to the Facebook ad manager and being able to then promote the content. So it comes up and it feels like a native post. It feels like an organic post but it's actually an ad. So Mm. that's kind of the tricky behind the scenes of what happens as well. Another question I have is I have seen a lot of conversation coming because now uh, Instagram has like in partnership with, right, that tag, um, if you're going to post it. Do you have any best practices for putting ad or partnership, like the hashtag in the very beginning versus below the fold? Like, have you heard about any of the legalities around that? So legally you are supposed to um, put ad hashtag ad or sponsored above the above the folds you know i don't i haven't seen that they've been extremely strict with it but i will say that the larger the influencer or the more more partnerships that they do um the more you will see ad in the beginning however if you have the in partnership with sometimes just on a from a logistic standpoint that doesn't always happen because both parties have to like accept each other on the back, yeah. you know? So typically when you have that, you don't, you don't also need ad in the beginning, but if you don't have that, you should best practice is to actually have the ad in the beginning. So people know up front that this is, you know, partner content. Amazing. So any other tips you want to leave our product bosses with as they're kind of exploring this idea of, um, do I reach out to influencers, you know, nano info influencers, micro influencers, um, and vice versa, you know, if there's any influencers out there looking to collaborate with brands. Yeah. So I think on the, on both sides of the, of the fence, I would say create content that's inspiring because when you put yourself in a place that people want to work with you, you'll have to do a lot less work. Like I have, I've worked with clients that literally do not have influencer budgets, but they get influencers all the time and they get influencer, you know, placements. Because they're just so sought after that people want to work with them. People want their products and they're willing to produce amazing content to get it. And so I think on the brand side, especially if you don't have a big budget, you should be investing something into creating amazing, captivating content that's going to draw people in because people will find you. If you are a diamond under a rock, eventually someone's going to move that rock and let the diamond shine, right? So create amazing products, create inspiring content and people, influencers of literally all sizes 
are going to want to work with you, are going to want to show you love, or even if it's just to get a free lipstick or a free mascara, like they're going to want it. So that's what I would say for the brands. For influencers, I would say the same thing, you know, on their side of things. Do what you, I think one thing that bugs me so much about talent and influencers sometimes is when they like refuse to share products or they refuse to tag a brand because they didn't get paid. And it's like, no, that's not it actually. Like people are asking you for your skincare routine. You should be sharing it. You should be sharing the brands, whether the, you even know the brands or have been paid by the brands at all because you're an influencer and people are coming to you for your influence and for your advice. So you should be doing that it's like being an editor, you know, it's like your job is to show the best in market, right? As an influencer, it's your job to share whatever it is that you say that you influence. So if it's beauty, your skincare routine, your makeup routine, whatever it is. So you should be doing content that you love, whether it's paid or not. The payment comes when you have been doing that consistently. Brands see your value and then they're like, yeah, it's a no brainer. I will pay you for it. You do amazing content. Like I want to be a part of that. Or oh, you tag me in your skincare routine. Hey, look at how many followers we got off of that. Hey, we should reach out to that girl. We should reach out to that guy. He's done so much just from, from one tag. Yeah, like let's see what his rates are. We could use him for an X, Y, and Z campaign coming up. And so I think influencers, you know, don't be stingy about tagging brands like. Believe me, the brand has not been moved that much by one tag that you feel like you've lost money by tagging them. Like, if anything, you've gotten on that brand's radar. You've shown the brand that what you're talking about matches up with what they're selling and that they should, you know, engage you even further. So those would be kind of like my like last tips for both the brand and the influencer. So good. So, so good. 100% agree. And thank you for being so open and sharing with all of our listeners this information. I think it's, these are questions we get all the time and you're in it. You represent both sides. Um, you work with these huge brands. So it's incredible to share this information. So Yasmin, would you mind sharing with our listeners how they can contact you, follow you, however they can get a hold of you? Yeah, for sure. So I'm really most active on Instagram. Um, my personal Instagram is it's Yazzie Baby. <laughs> and I share a lot of behind the scenes of my life, of my motherhood, of work. Um, so you, you know, could spot new products in my Instagram stories all the time. Um, so if you love that kind of thing, um, definitely give me a follow and I'll follow back if you're creating dynamic content. And then um, for my uh, business page, it's Newsmakers, MGMT. And, um, you know, like many marketers, uh, it can use some love. You know, I, I'm spending so much time doing for all of my clients, you know, my full-time job. So if you want to give newsmakers a follow, see, you know, what work we're doing, what partnerships we have, feel free to, because I'd love to connect. And I, you know, I've just started doing hour-long consultations called the Power Hour Strategy Session. Um, you know, every single person I talk to, I give five things that they can do, five action items following our call, or actually it's in the call, at the end of the call, five action items that they can do, take home with them to get their brand to the next level. So if you feel like you need a power hour, a brainstorm partner, a thought partner, I'm definitely your girl. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. This was fun. 
Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. Hey friend, are you ready to become the visionary of your business? Are you ready to multiply your money to get to your first 100K or your next 100K and really discover the joys of profit? Are you ready to stabilize your systems to really take advantage of all the opportunities that are coming your way? Are you ready to hire your dream team so you can step into the role of chief visionary and finally stop being the bottleneck of your business? Are you ready to increase your confidence in your decision-making, your sales, and become recognized as a leader in your industry? Are you ready to take the vacation of your dreams, live the life that you want, all while knowing your business is running smoothly in the background? Imagine where you could be in three months, six months, or 12 months if you went all in on your business now. Would you take the leap? take the leap, friend. Applications are now open for the Product Boss Mastermind. We're looking for serious product-based business owners who are ready to grow into six or seven figure product-based businesses. The Mastermind is designed to facilitate a breakthrough year in your business and life through coaching, connections, and true mastermind. This means you never have to make a decision alone again, and you're surrounding yourself with fellow high-level product business owners that get it, and they are taking action. So go to theproductbossmastermind.com to submit your application. Spots are very limited, and let's get started building your dream life.